Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Good morning, everybody. It is, like I said, Thursday morning, December 2nd. Let me check the calendar. Yep, December 2nd, and it is 7.32 a.m., which means it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am your host, Nicholas Kendall, joined by, as always, good friend, co-host, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing today? Good Thursday? Have a good Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday was good. Uh, you know, Chelsea got the win. There was um, something you don't see that often. Uh, unfortunately, you see it a little bit more than you think in, 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 uh, in England, in those games, if there's a problem in the stands, they'll stop the game. So a guy went into cardiac arrest just off the side he has some lower seats and the players are waving people over and they stop the game and i haven't heard but i, I think he's okay I, I hope he is um but that was that's kind of a scary moment but i'm thinking you know if you're if you're gonna have a problem like that a public venue like that close to the pitch is probably a pretty good spot to do it because they're yeah. they've got you know emergency personnel and equipment everywhere uh in case there's a major problem on the field major problem um that uh that was that was a little scary but you know otherwise uh a good wednesday yeah good wednesday leon is making it a good thursday for us off the bat uh leon archuleta with 499 super thank you so much leon i'm not sure what your logo is there maybe it's your own little thing there with your picture but it looks interesting look maybe like a a mask like eye mask um leon says hopefully this sunday um talking about if the broncos gonna win but if bridgewater throws for 129 yards again i don't like our chances thoughts um, to me, uh, I think this is actually a weird stat where uh, if Bridgewater throws for 129 yards again, I think the Broncos maybe did pretty well because that means they're getting <laughs> their yards on the ground and they were probably keeping it close. If you see Bridgewater throw for like 400 yards, that means the Broncos defense probably gave up like 50 points and they couldn't run yeah. the ball. So it's all relative. You know, yeah. if you if, obviously the I would agree the odds are, are with you on, on your side of this thing, Leon. Appreciate the super chat that, uh, you know, if you only have 129 yards you're probably not gonna be successful but maybe we got two pick sixes and they had the ball the whole time i mean you know, maybe we ran for 300 yards so there's uh there are extenuating circumstances but yeah i think everybody would like to see a little bit more production in the in the passing game but um you know i don't i always caution y'all from listening to press conferences too closely you know but mm-hmm. i Fangio is not all that nuanced. He kind of says what's on his mind. I think you can get a pretty good idea. And he flat out came and said, you know, I think we only had about 300 yards of offense, which on the on the, on the the surface is fairly mediocre. It's fairly pedestrian. But they only had two and a half possessions in the second half. Yeah. So, you know, the way the ball, it was as Nick's, one of favorites, Nick's stats is the efficiency of those possessions. And one, it was a three and out. Okay, bad. One was a nice long touchdown drive. Good. One, finish the game. Good. So um, it's all it's all relative. I think you will have more possessions against the Kansas City offense uh, playing Kansas City, though, the way they play the game, though. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. 
TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. I also think Kansas City, um, having an extra week to prepare for this game, has seen that, hey, if Denver runs the ball, they're pretty darn effective. Uh, so maybe we should stack the box, play more single high, be aggressive with blitz looks that are e- effectively work as run blitzes, and uh, make Teddy Bridgewater beat us. And we saw that early in the season. I thought the, really actually early in the season, the first three weeks, uh, every, every single one of those teams did a pretty big job of stacking the box and uh, pushing um, the Broncos to pass the ball and Teddy Bridgewater did so efficiently. So um, again, I, the biggest thing for me here is, and I've kind of had a few re- uh, revelations, revelations, no re- revelations the last few days where the Broncos uh, just, I like to do, I really love uh, sp- cross sports uh, analogies. The Broncos want to park the bus. They Broncos are built to park the bus. And what, what do I mean by that? If any of you soccer people out there, you probably know what I mean. Um, after you score, you pack the box, and the pack the the, the basically, box. Basically, you can't score on a goal with a bus parked in front of it because the yes. bus is blocking the whole goal. So park yes. the bus. Exactly. So you park the bus, um, and that's what the Broncos want to do. We saw it this week against the the Chargers. Uh, the Broncos got a fourteen to zero lead, and they essentially went into we're going to run the ball, mash it. You're good luck. You know it's coming. Stop us, um, and we're going to limit the game and just take the air out of the ball. They parked the bus. And it's worked. They did the same thing against the Cowboys as well. I mean, limit possessions, uh, make sure that every every single possession the opponent has, if they're not scoring seven, they're in trouble. Um, and it's worked. So uh, thank you so much for the uh, the Super Leon. We also got Ethan, the DWI guys, coming at $5 saying, Chelsea fan in stable condition. Thumbs up. Um, no, so it was Chelsea Watford. And I wasn't sure oh. if it was a Watford fan or a Chelsea fan where he went down. Uh, it doesn't matter. The important yeah. part here is in stable condition. So that's, that's good news. That was scary. Like I said, if... Uh, I could tell just based on, you know, when the when the two players were talking to each other, one captain to the other, and you start seeing him doing this, chest compressions like someone in a cardiac arrest. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. Um, Ethan, email me your jersey size and what jersey you want because you won the YouTube drawing. So yeah. I know you've got my email address, uh, skinny at Gmail. Just send me that, and then we'll make sure that it gets to you. Chad was worried about sending it overseas, but, you know, you've got your, your Minnesota address too. So... Uh, congratulations on winning that. Uh, email me what jersey you want and what size you want, and uh, the, the boys from uh, the Huddle Up Pod will take care of that. Well, there you go. You guys heard him. Let's say hello to some people in the chat. Clee's in the house saying hard to win the Super Bowl by losing to the Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, but uh, let's try to get to the playoffs first. You know, once you get in the playoffs, let's let the breaks break. But uh, playoffs first. EJ, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Hashtag beat KC. Uh, Ethan also coming in. Morning, guys, and Broncos country. So morning to you, Ethan. JJ Johnson saying good morning Broncos country. Let's beat the Chiefs this week. That would be amazing. Howler Bro Surf coming in. Morning all. Can't wait to hear y'all get into the into it. But I definitely think this is a must win. Definitely a must show something and a must be competitive. Chiefs are going to get theirs. Um, 
We'll get into that in here in a second. CC's in the house. Always love CC. CC always brings a pretty good uh, insight. So I appreciate you, CC. Morning Broncos country. Dave Glassman, always appreciate you too with the hearts there. Super helpful, Dave. And also US and the Dave. stars saying, with the hearts, Dave. So certainly appreciate that too. Amen. I haven't gotten to the Facebook one. There we go. There's the stars one. Let's beat, let's, let's hashtag beat the Chiefs with double stars there. Quadruple stars. We love that. Uh, Albert coming in. Good morning. Good morning to you, Albert. It's great to see. Uh, how are Sir Bros saying, if it's a 27 to 30 loss, I'll take that as a moral victory. Nah, screw it. Let's beat that ass like uh, a K- Kansas City player who's known for uh, not being the best. Clee <laughs> um, also saying Lions Bears game was awesome. No, nah, you take that out somewhere else. Um, Sebastian saying, I just found out yesterday that on Sunday, the Broncos versus Chiefs game is uh, more nervous than happy. I can't wait. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, Victor Rios, good morning. Good morning to you. Tommy Simmers is in the house too. Travis Scott, you listening to this? Uh, it must be a rap reference. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, Jamal Killens, good guys. Uh, Sometimes it's 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 what we were talking about at the time. So at the yeah. time, I think when that came through, we were talking about uh, Bridgewater passing and and you know taking the air out of the ball, et cetera, et cetera. So mm. something to For think sure. about. Jamal Killens in the house. Good to see you. Um, we also got. Uh, Lane Meyer. Don't recognize this name, Lane. Uh, yeah, welcome, go, welcome, welcome, Lane. In. Broncos country rules, Denver Broncos for life. Awesome to see. Um, we also got uh, Miguel in the house. Good morning, fellas. We have to score that opening possession. God, it's so important for the Broncos to score on the opening possession. That's probably one of the most important things, and they haven't done it. Or just get a lead. They don't have to score a touchdown in the opening possession. It'd be great, but don't get behind. Falling soft. Good morning, Broncos country. Good to be here. And uh, Andrew Lampy probably with stars because he's always super helpful. Yep. Here, um, let me hit, let me hit these real quick. So yeah, yeah. Lawrence came in. He has a big cup of coffee for Nick. That's a that's a full cup. That's a that was a stars donation. You can basically get whatever you wanted to at Starbucks mm-hmm. unless you're getting you know eight dollar coffees, uh, which <laughs> yeah. you might in Seattle. So <laughs> I make my own. We have a really nice, probably one of yeah, the best so do wedding I, so do I. Uh But that keeps me in uh, keeps me in lots of coffee. Thank you. So uh, and much, he also Lawrence. bought me. A cup of coffee so thank you very much That's it doesn't show up that. here but on the facebook side i can see the big cup of coffee because andrew did the same thing as well good morning fellas hope everyone has a good day so between uh when i'm looking over at my facebook feed from y'all i see three big cups of coffee with three giant stars donations to our show yeah. uh cheers to all of y'all appreciate you yeah absolutely uh yvonne is also coming in just a quick hi can't watch live we'll see you after the fact Good morning. Have a great life. Thanks for the stars, Yvonne. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for the stars. And Ethan coming in too. I'm feeling good about this game this week. I think it will be competitive. Scott, I'll send you an email for Jersey. Thanks, fellas. Thank you, Yvonne. Um, we got a dogs fan in the house that too. Uh, but oh, yeah. yeah, Ethan. What did I say? <laughs> you said Yvonne the second time. We, we're still thanking Yvonne, but that one was Ethan. Thank you, Ethan. Um, good. We got a dogs fan in the house. Dom Hamio. Hamio coming in. Uh, good morning, fellas. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing pretty good it's kc week boys we play for first and primetime game bulldogs play saturday evening for the sec championship game go dogs go broncos see you are you're the kind of in the opposite spot with me with that college game because you guys should win you have a bigger game obviously with georgia versus alabama but uh i am very nervous for my uh iowa hawkeyes this week uh but we'll see raymond glass also with the three euros i'm um, coming in with the super sticker mm-hmm. so thank you so much um, my mother's in the house. Thank you. Good morning. Can't wait to see you. Also, I'm excited to see you too, mom. Drink a little bit of bourbon. It'll be a good time. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, this Broncos game. I see a lot of people putting a lot of pressure on this Broncos game. Uh, if the Broncos win this game, they are for real. If they come out of this game, I'm going to be a believer for the rest of the season. Um, this is a make or break game for Teddy Bridgewater, blah, 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 blah. And I'm here to be Lee Corso. 
not so fast, my friends. <laughs> I don't want to you know pump the brakes too much, but um, this is an extremely formidable Kansas City team. Obviously, uh, they started off the year a little bit slow, um, but recently, especially their defense has been playing phenomenal football. Um, they're one of the best uh, defenses in the league for the last six weeks, the second half of games. Um, and Patrick Mahomes, while he's not putting up incredible efficiency numbers like he has historically, uh, he's playing like a top five quarterback again in the NFL. Also, some other stats that are scary is that uh, Denver historically is, I think, 19 and three at Arrowhead in December. And Andy Reid, I think, is also 19 and three coming off the bye week. And he is seven and zero coming off the bye since uh, Patrick Mahomes and him have teamed up in Kansas City. So uh, I know that a lot of people want the Broncos to win this game, but I really, really want people to have the foresight and the perspective to understand that if Denver goes in there and doesn't look the best versus the chiefs on primetime in arrowhead, you still have five more games to go and going to the playoffs is still in your hands. So I, I know that's a really much a, a wet blanket with everybody and with all the hype coming up for this upcoming game. Um, but um, this, this is not a make or break game for the season. If the Broncos win. I would say it makes the season, but if you lose, it doesn't break it. Yeah, I, I think the excitement is is if if you win this game, now the roof can come off. Now we're we're pumped. We're legit. We're for real. But it's a ten point game. I mean, the yeah. Chiefs are favored ten. by double digits for a reason. Ten. I don't think there's any. You know, as long as you go out and play well, it, a loss isn't necessarily a negative to this team. I mean, you know what I mean by that. Yeah. I mean, they're not expected to win. It's a double digit Kansas City favorite game here. And that's in the NFL. You don't see that. No, it doesn't happen very often. The, the, the Broncos don't really have anything to lose here, assuming everybody can stay healthy for a change and assuming you put forth a good effort, which both of those aren't very good assumptions this season. Yeah. So if you go out and you play hard, keep the game close and lose, okay. It's it's okay. You're six and six, five games left, and it, it shortens your window on that. But I'm I'm not ex- I'm not expecting a Denver Broncos win. Nobody's really expecting outside of you know, nobody's really expecting Denver Broncos to win this game. And when you've got nothing to lose, you can play free and you can have some fun. You know, it's it's trust me, being the underdog with your with lower expectations can be a lot of fun because anything when you set your expectations just low, you're you're kind of miserable all the time. But anything better than that is good. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I've been watching underdog teams my whole life. Yeah, and for me, uh, I think a lot of people, the way you're talking about it there makes me think that the pressure would be on Kansas City to perform. The pressure's 100% on Kansas City. They're a 10-point favorite. They're expected to put a chokehold on this division. People are talking about the Super Bowls, and eh, Denver's going into Kansas City. They never win there. We don't expect anything out of Denver. All right, well, we can play free and loose and go in there and have a game of our lives. And I think... So what? I win the next one. And, 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 And eke into the playoffs, make the playoffs, and then... Then let's get started. So this can be a, a this can be a turning point positively, but for the negative, does it fall off the wheel? No, no. You've hit the low point of the season. The low point of the season was the Philadelphia Eagles game. That was the low point. The Raiders you game. Back from that, it's all really gravy from here to a certain extent. You know, as long as you as long as you play at, at a level you're capable of playing, mm-hmm. don't lose the Lions. You know, it's said, you know, win a couple more of these games. You still have a chance to make the playoffs, which is a fair cry better than where you were last year, especially with all the injuries you've had. Yeah, um, totally. I, 
I actually think the pressure on these two teams from a national perspective, you're correct there, but internally, I think the Broncos are going to have a little bit more pressure on themselves than Kansas City. Um, you win this game, you are right back there in the AFC West. If you lose, you're down two in the AFC West, and you lose another AFC game, a divisional game, which makes the tiebreakers that much harder. Uh, the Broncos are coming off of one of probably one of their best victories in the last few seasons, one of the better victories in the Vic Fangio era, uh, considering the circumstances surrounding the game and the the implications of that. Um, and the Broncos haven't beaten the Kansas City Chiefs since week two, 2015. So there's going to be a lot of pressure, I think, on the Broncos to come out and win this game. Now, obviously, it's a it's a tall task. But I think Kansas City is going to come out and be like, we are who we are. We know who we are. We're going to go out. We've had two weeks to prepare. We're steady Eddie uh, with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So uh, I think that I don't I don't think Kansas City themselves is going to feel the pressure like Denver is, which is maybe unfair given the 10 point spread. My, my point on this is just this. The season doesn't isn't won or lost Sunday night. No, I by totally. any stretch of the imagination. If, yep. you know, there it, there's different highs and lows. I think you've already hit the low point of the season. Uh, after the Philadelphia Eagles game, hmm. you win this one. Now you're on a high. Now the, the trajectory is still up. It's a bump if you lose this game. It's not a cliff. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, if you're if you're looking at that trajectory line, you saw it go down pretty good. You saw it come back up after the Philadelphia game. This would be a, a, a dip, not a dive. Yeah. Uh, dip and dive. Now we're talking dodgeball. Duck, dip, dive, dodge. Um, you know, if you can dodge a, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Notch not, coming in <laughs> with the uh, with the twenty dollars super. Notch, appreciate you for sure. He says, "Hey brothers, Fangio has traditionally done well defending the Chiefs. Do you think he'll switch anything up and try and surprise Reed, or you think he'll play similar game plans as in his past?" I don't know that you surprise Andy Reed. Uh, guys, he's an OG. He's an old guy who's seen it all. Um, and you know they, they do some some different things as well. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey running, a, you know, running a Wildcat quarterback on the goal line. That was new to me um, to get their first touchdown. So I don't think there's you're going to surprise him. No. Do you think they'll change some things up? Maybe not. Uh, Nick. I think that the Vic Fangio deserves a lot of credit around the league and some coaches should be uh, saying thank you to him uh, for some victories against Kansas City because I think he has been instrumental in laying down a schematic blueprint for slowing down the Chiefs. And while it's obviously easier said than done and you have to play complimentary football with your offense putting pressure on the Chiefs, it's the too high safety shell um, that Patrick Mahomes has struggled against. If you are calling cover three or cover one or any sort of combination of that with, with the single high safety back there, this offense with Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes will beat the absolute crap out of you. Um, I know, and I hate coaches who, well, this is our scheme, especially defensive coaches. You're supposed to be a problem solver on the defensive side of the ball. Um, coaches are like, this is our scheme, and we're going to do this no matter what. Um, go to the uh, the Sunday They're night game. real easy to plan against. Oh, my God. Yes, go to the Sunday night game this year where um, it was uh, the Chiefs going to – Las Vegas versus the Raiders and Travis Kelsey has like 3000 yards and uh, Patrick Mahomes looks great. And it's like, Oh my God, the chiefs are back. What are we thinking? They're, they're so great. Dennis Allen says, ah, or excuse me, not Dennis Allen. Um, Gus Bradley is like, ah, we're going to play cover three because that's who we are. And guess what? The, the chiefs kill single high safety. You cannot do it against them. Um, and the other thing about that is playing single high against the chiefs. Do you have any respect for Clyde Edwards, Alaire in their run game? Because I sure as hell don't. So why am I going to use that safety as an extra body in the box to uh, get run fits down there? Hell no. Run the ball, please. You are so less efficient running the football. Every time that they hand the ball off to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, instead of uh, throwing the ball at all, um, I'm about it. 
So uh, too high safety, make them march the ball down the field, make Patrick Mahomes make good decisions consecutively and execute. And I think you got a chance there. Um, again, you have to play complimentary football. Your offense can't be com- com- completely inept out there. But uh, I think that the, as far as Fangio pulling something out of his sleeve, maybe you'll see a bit, a bit more man um, on the boundary with how good Darby and Sertan have been as of late. They're both playing football at extremely high levels, and that can give you a little bit more man looks versus pure uh, matchup quarters, matchup zone. But uh, as far as the, the two deep, I think that's that's the key. You got to be able to stick into that two deep and make make Patrick Mahomes march down the field on long sustaining drives. Well, and to that point, Nick, uh, you know Kansas City's got the second the second rated offense by yard behind the Dallas Cowboys, but they are ninth in scoring. So they're getting their yards, but not necessarily punching it in. And maybe part of that, watch the way they use Tyreek Hill. They use Tyreek Hill a lot horizontally. Yeah. Jet sweeps, short crossing patterns, which then brings in safeties, makes the uh, brings in safeties, has linebackers stay put a little bit, which opens up the running game some. But what it also does is it opens up those deeper crossing patterns. So you'll see you'll see Mahomes, you'll see uh, Tyreek Hill go you know on an out route, a short out, and Mahomes bypass him because he's he's uh, everybody's looking at Tyreek Hill and and drawing them in. Yeah. Um, Dallas pitched a shutout for 44 minutes. So the last points that the Kansas City Chiefs had, there was 14 minutes left in the second quarter. Um, it looked like, and, and some of those things, some of the mistakes Dallas had were self-inflicted. Uh, a couple of them. I, I took a couple of the notes I was looking at. Um, this is, uh, you know, Kelsey on the read option for the, for the touchdown, sweeps to Hill, and the mistakes by Dallas, turnover on the second drive. No one was even set when the ball was snapped. Um, and I said, they're running Tyreek Hill underneath everything, which opens up to the next level uh, for, I says, drafts. Obviously, that's not what I wanted. Uh, and crossing route, drags, drags mm-hmm. and crossing routes. Uh, and then they were shut out. And, and Dallas isn't great on defense. So this team can be had. Um, yeah. I don't like making picks when I'm emotionally involved. And I am emotionally involved with this group and this community. And I watch this team a lot. But 10 seems like a lot. 10 points seems like a lot right now. Yeah, it does seem like a lot, especially in the NFL. And we got some people we want to say hello to. Michael Ronquillo, good morning. Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Always good to see you, Michael. Uh, Chris Thomas, I don't recognize this name, um, but uh, the wheels fell off in the offseason when we didn't get Aaron Rodgers and retained Fangio. Um, I definitely think they thought they were going to get Rodgers or have a good chance in it, and it fell apart. But, you know, um, you are still in a solid position. Um, you're not, you didn't completely, I didn't say, I wouldn't say the wheels fell off completely. Uh, because you are steady Teddy um, this season, which six is six and five. You got a winning record. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, there's another. You want to see the wheels falling off? Go look at Detroit. Go look at the New York Jets. Yeah. That's what the wheels falling oh, off is. Let Saint me hit this one from Seahawks. Lawrence here real quick. Uh, he says, "I think this is a down year for the Chiefs, and they have some holes, and a lot of them we could capitalize on. But it depends on the penalties and who yeah. wants more come Sunday to keep the good going. I'm going to stick with my losing prediction: 21-17 Chiefs. Woo." He's going way under, way under on the 30. I think that I think the over under is in the 50s. Um, I think there's gonna be more points than that. I think I think the Broncos are gonna have to start scratching the surface of 30 if if they're gonna win this game. Uh Lawrence, appreciate the stars. Nick, your thoughts on this. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a good game. Um, I think the Broncos will cover. Uh, but right now at least, I'm probably gonna save my prediction for Saturday since it's the last time you guys see our the the uh article that comes out. I will probably beat pick the Kansas City Chiefs to win, but uh this is a this is a tough one for sure. Um, I appreciate that uh, he's picking a close one here, and the Chiefs do have some holes, 
but they also are a team. This this reminds me of the Kansas City team that was two years ago, where they kind of were they were good out of the gate, but then the defense really came together. Uh, their Super Bowl year, I guess, is what it was. Their defense really came together down the stretch, and it wasn't just the Patrick Mahomes show. It was Patrick Mahomes with a top fifteen defense. And uh, I think in the NFL, you need to be amazing on one side of the ball and good on the other. And uh, Kansas City right now, I would say they're good on both sides of the ball. Um, their offense needs to probably take another step up, and that will that would be Patrick Mahomes showing that he can beat those two high safety shells more consistently, which he has not shown yet. Um, but it should be a good game. And again, this is you got to take advantage of your opportunities. The Broncos can come out there and run the ball efficiently, uh, put Patrick Mahomes uh, behind the chains consistently. Let's say it's third and eight. He, I don't think he is patient enough to live possession by possession. I think he's going to be a little bit greedy. And when he gets greedy, good things can happen. Um, he's shown that he can do that. And this Broncos offense or defense, maybe they're starting to get a little bit of juju as far as taking the ball away. Now, the big point about the defense is the Broncos win this game or the chance to win this game is depends on what defense shows up, who the hell takes the field for the Broncos defense this week. Because when they're, it's the, um, Oh man, it's the it's the old rhyme of the the little girl with a curl on her forehead, right? It's uh when she was good, she was really really good, and when she was bad, she was horrid. Uh, that's been the Broncos' defense this year. They are one of the most high variance defenses in football. See, I listen um, to different music than you. The lyric I had was when she was when she was good, she was good. When she was bad, she was great. Those were <laughs> oh, they were they were taken from an old school uh rhyme for that one. I'm thinking um, from some heavy metal song I heard yeah. from the eighties or somewhere for sure. Now they're definitely taking it from whatever that old uh, one is. My sister was a little bit of a, uh, a menace as a child and she had very curly hair. So they, they, they quoted that one quite often when she was good. She was very, very good. And when she was bad, she was horrid. Um, love you, Alyssa. Uh, but uh, that's, that's my Broncos defense this year. They are 28th in the NFL in variance for DVOA, which means that they are extreme. They fluctuate extremely week to week. And you see that, I mean, the game against the Cowboys, the game against the chargers, the game against the jets, they look like the 2015 defense. They look incredible. And then you see the game against the Raiders. They gave up more uh, 20 plus yard plays than any team has since like 1989. Um, the game against the, the Eagles, they were giving up like three point something points per possession where no team in the NFL is giving up more than like 2.99, just, just terrible in that Eagles first half. So, um, if the defense shows up and they're that top high end variance, or they even just get more consistent and kind of settle a little bit more in the middle, um, this team, I think they'll have a chance, but it, you need to have the good version of the defense show up and they've just fluctuated wildly. So I, I don't know who's, who's going to take the field. Don't know. So I see a pattern here. We talked about this a little bit with the Broncos and one of the Broncos struggled. What teams have the Broncos struggled against teams that can, uh, whip them in the trenches by either running the ball effectively, making the Broncos have third and shorts where they're not as good in coverage or making the Broncos have third and longs on offense right. where it's pure drop back passing. So the teams that have, have bullied them in the trenches yep, pretty much for the most part. And there's that one dot that on my, on my internet just decides to show up about 10 o'clock AM every time. Um, so if, if you look at the Kansas city chiefs, when they've given up the most points, Browns, Ravens, Eagles, <laughs> you noticing a pattern here? Yeah. Titans, um, with, with Bills, Henry. Bills, all teams that want to be physical and want to run the ball. Mm -hmm. um, that's not a coincidence. That's a pattern. Um, what can Denver do effectively? What does Denver want to do effectively? They want to run the ball. Uh, they want to run between the, uh, the guards and the, 
Uh, I mean, honestly, between the guards is a big one here, but use both your running backs and uh, take calculated deep shots with your wide receivers. And uh, that's I'm looking at the Chiefs right now. They're uh, DVOA against the rush. They are 28th in the NFL. So they're not obviously the Chargers who are 32nd, but they are bottom five in the NFL in rush defense. So again, um, if the Broncos can get a lead and the defense can give them a chance early on, and it maybe not even a lead, but just not down by like two possessions halfway through the second quarter, uh, this game can, the Broncos can take the air out of the ball and really make this one turn into a rock fight. And I'm sorry. Uh, I know that Kansas, uh, Kansas City Chiefs had definitely have the, the best singular trench player that's taken the field this week in Chris Jones. But I think as a collective whole, they do not have the the dogs in the trenches. So if it's a rock fight, classic, you know, Mike D'Antonio going up against Penn State when they were a little bit more frills on the edge. And it's like, listen, you're not going to want to punch with us for 60 minutes. I'm betting on you for that one. You're eventually going to wilt. Um, and I think if the Broncos can do that, play about box football, you know, Big Ten football, essentially, they got a chance because this. They, I don't think this Chiefs team is going to want that smoke. Um, I, I agree with you. Like I said, I, I feel like Denver's starting to match up really well with this team, especially yeah. the defense against the offense. I, I like I like the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs. I do. Um, Andrew Wiley was a backup. Yeah. I looked at his P- watching him work against um, the Dallas Cowboys, minus getting beat once by Micah Parsons for a, a sack and a, and a fumble. Yeah, that that's bad. Yeah, uh, Andrew Wiley was really good at right tackle. Uh, unrestricted free agent, nine hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. Put a check mark next to his name as someone we want to watch in the off season. Um, Trey Smith, right guard, uh, was moving some guys again. I don't I don't know what his PFF grade is. My eyeballs told me that they were cleaning out the left side of that Dallas defense on running plays. So be stout there, and then. One of the things that Kansas City does really well on defense is they limit the yards after the catch. So they were they were giving up some catches, but there wasn't anything else after that. So yeah. the way you can start softening that defense up again is hitting them in the gut. I, I want 45 touches from Javante Williams and 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 Melvin Gordon. 45 touches in this game. Uh, as you said, if Teddy's throwing over the over 30 times, uh, knocking on the door 35, 40, that's yeah. that's bad. You know, I, I like my my favorite Teddy game is 17 to 25, 220, 230 yards, touchdown, maybe two, 45 touches for the running backs. That's where you, that's where you're, you're going to be your best. Yeah. And this comment made me laugh from a X 23 saying, wouldn't surprise me if the Broncos beat the chiefs, but then lose to the lions would be fitting for the 2021 Broncos. Heck get rid of the Broncos on there. It would be fitting for 2021 football. Uh, this NFL season has been absolutely crazy as far as uh teams that should win or, and should lose playing like they should. Uh, the only teams I can think of that have been consistently good that haven't really dropped games they shouldn't have been the Packers, besides week one where they got absolutely housed by the Saints in Green Bay, and uh, the Patriots. Those are the only teams that I trust uh, consistency right now. All the other teams, up and down, up and down. I think that's something also to be said about uh, Teddy Bridgewater as well, not to not to steer the conversation too much one direction, but like people are like, how is Teddy Bridgewater top 12 in all these stats? Blah, blah, blah. Um, it's because across the league, a lot of these quarterbacks right now have massive fluctuation games, and that's going to lead them to lower scores. Russell Wilson, massive fluctuation games. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, all these guys. You've seen some real stinkers from some of these quarterbacks as well. Um, and I think that's that's true for almost every single quarterback right now besides Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so uh, I would not get too uh, upset. Well, and I think that people don't have a perspective. They're watching the Broncos like this, 
mm-hmm. not the NFL like this. If you're looking like this, you're like, oh man, Josh Allen puts up three points versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater having one bad game isn't uh, the means he's a terrible quarterback because everybody has some bad games beside their numbers. Uh, what, what we 11, six and five. That's the record, right? Yep. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater's only turned the ball over in three games. Yep. He had five interceptions in a three game span, three games right in a row. Not, not coincidentally, pretty sure you lost all those games. Mm-hmm. Interception, three interceptions, interception, five right there. Yep. Uh, taking care of the ball after that. So eight games without eight games, without a turnover of 11. Yep. That's why they wanted Teddy Bridgewater. That's that's why Teddy Bridgewater's there, um, yep. and he's he's doing his job well. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ethan. Coming in. Uh, thank you so much, Ethan. Always such a big supporter here. Congrats on the jersey. Um, keys to winning: score a touchdown in the opening drive, stop Kansas City in the opening drive, let the defense fall back into two deep, and get home with the front four. No Gordon, please. See, uh, Melvin Gordon, I, I, he's criminally underrated. I appreciate this, Ethan, but uh, you, you're going to need both your backs in this game to be great. Uh, this year, Javante Williams has been amazing once he gets to the second level, but that's the key, getting to the second level. He's one of the, I think he is the highest stuffed rate running back in the entire NFL this season. That may have um, changed. That, that may, have, may changed. have changed some. That may that he, he. I think he's gotten better at that, and I think the offensive line has gotten better at that, yes. especially when you're running with uh, with Miners and Mooty. Uh, yeah. I like, I'm okay. I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it again. I was typing in the chat last night. Everybody wants to say, you know, let's write off Melvin Gordon. Think about this, guys. This is a 17 game season for a rookie. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with a 50 50 split. You've got seven, and as it starts to, I, I'm I'm almost positive. I will be shocked if you don't start seeing. I'm on record saying this because this is recorded. You don't start seeing that split starting to widen just a little bit. Where we're at 60 40 by the end of the season. It is a 17-game season. This is a long season for a rookie. You got an $8 million a year guy who is a good running back who's out of contract. Use him. Burn him up. Let your rookie find his sea legs. Make sure he's comfortable with everything you want to do, and then use him for the stretch run. More importantly with Javante Williams isn't that Melvin Gordon isn't getting carries. It's when is Javante Williams getting his. Yeah. So I'd still like to see about a 60-40 split, and I want to make sure that Javante Williams is getting the ball in the crucial moments. That's what matters more to me than saying, okay, I want Javante Williams to carry the ball 30 times and Melvin Gordon five. No, I'll take a, a 20 and 15. I'm perfectly fine with that, as long as those 20 are coming when it matters most for Javante Williams. And I think we'll see more of him. We said this in the summer. Who's going to be the opener and who's going to be the closer? It might be a 50-50 split, but you see a guy almost more exclusively in the second half when the game's on the line. Yeah. That's, that's where I think we're going to see the important carries are going to lean towards Javante Williams at the end of the day. The split's going to be about 50-50. It should open up a little bit in Javante Williams' favor. I think he's proven that. But I'm okay with a rookie splitting carries with Melvin Gordon. Yeah, no, I agree with you here. And that's that's a great point as well. Um, Javante Williams was a split back running back in North Carolina as well. So you want him to come into a 17-game season all of a sudden being where everything's on him? Did no, he get 300 I, I carries? Yeah, that's I know he's a rookie contract and he's young and you want to use those running backs up during the rookie contract, but you also want them to be effective. Um, And you talk about uh, Javante Williams being more of the closer and Gordon, the opener more as the entire game. I want to see that on first, second and third down. I want Gordon to be my first down back because when the Broncos get killed this season, it's uh, when they don't get yards on first down. If they are second and 10 or second and 11, uh, good luck. You might as well be getting the uh, the puncher's leg ready. Um, So uh, that's unfortunately I Although in this last game, Teddy Bridgewater, 
I think they were eight for 11 on third downs and Bridgewater had some really good. Did you good look it up for throws. me after I said, I guarantee you that those, that, that average on third down was like third and four, third and three instead of third and nine, which is it what was. it's been all season. Yep. It was. And that's partially because they ran the ball so effectively against exactly. a terrible Chargers defense. You know, it's, but not, it's not it's rocket important. science, despite what these million dollar coaches, there's an old, I tell my kids this all the time as they're growing up. It was like, there was a, there was an article I read. It said, what is the biggest fears of the fortune 500 CEOs? Their biggest fear is what they would find out that there's nothing special about them. You know, they can't throw 95 miles an hour. They can't dunk a basketball. There's nothing just special about them. Um, I think football coaches feel that way sometimes too. They have to try and prove that they're smarter than they think they are. We have to prove that we're special Man, do the obvious. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to do the obvious. Um, yeah. This one I saw from Trevor. Appreciate you. Yep. Asking us a question. So Nick and Scott, I'm going to the Cincinnati game and want to get a jersey with staying power. I have a Simmons jersey. Need ideas for another. Thank you. One, I like the retro jerseys. Two, if you go with a retro name, it stays forever. Go look yeah. up and find out your favorite player in that ring of fame or the retire or, or however you call it in Denver. Grab a Mecklenburg, grab an Atwater, grab Elway's too too mainstream for me. I, you know, grab a Rod Smith. Something like that. That's where I would go for something like that. Then you know it's 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 good forever. I got Jesse Tuggle hanging up in my closet. Uh, I'd wear a Jesse Tuggle jersey for if he went to the Saints. That's how much I like Jesse Tuggle. So um, you can uh, – I'd go retro on that personally. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Um, mostly. I also think – talk about staying power. It's got to be Patrick Sertan. I mean, he's playing like one of the top five cornerbacks in the AFC – uh, Sertan, a cornerback wearing that number two Jersey is just, I mean, I, you've heard me say it on here and you probably really rise. Maybe this is a generational gap, but like Patrick Sertan's aesthetic and his like drip with like all the gear that he has on. He looks so good. Uh, he looks like a player that I would create, um, to look, recruit. The, we call it the look test in scouting. Yes. So yeah. does he pass the look test? And it's more important in football than anything else. Cause football is a bigger, faster, stronger game. Yeah. Yeah. He looks, he looks it. He looks the part. Yep. Yeah, he does. And even amongst NFL players, he's like, that guy's different. Uh, he moves different. He's bigger than everybody else for how he moves. Um, so that's Patrick Sertan, number he two. He glides. He does glide. And also, um, I think it's important for me to say that because uh, I was on the quarterback train for that pick at nine. Um, I, but Patrick Sertan is a hell of a player. And uh, we can we should appreciate that and be happy that the Broncos got such an incredibly good player at one of the most important positions in football. Uh, Tommy, Tommy I'm, in. I'm reading these. Um, I have a lot, a lot of thoughts about Calvin Ridley. I'm just not sure that this is the right format for it. Yeah. Um, the just to to get on this, will he play this year? I don't think so. I, I think he's done this year. Um, he's got a fully guaranteed contract for next year that bumps his salary up about six x. So he goes from about one eight to eleven one next year. Is he still, you know, is he going to be feeling better in order to collect a, a 6X raise? My my thoughts on this is um, the NFL, if they want to support these guys, they need to provide some relief to the teams. And then I'll get off of this and we can talk about it another time, offseason, whatever. Um, they need to find a way to support these teams. One, if you feel like you're letting some your teammates down by leaving, you're more likely to stick around when you might need help. So I might go seek treatment sooner if I need it, if I know that I could be replaced. Right now, Calvin Ridley's number still counts against the Falcons. They can't replace him. Um, it also might help you in recovery if you're not having three quarters of the fans calling you a quitter who has quit on your team and you're all these negative things and all these toxic things because I can't replace him. Right now, Calvin Ridley is hurting the Atlanta Falcons. That's not good for his recovery, assuming 
that that's what he's there for. Yeah. I don't want to see an Everson Griffin situation. I don't want to see Everson Griffin waving around a 38 at night with his eyes this wide. And I don't want to gain a competitive advantage against the Minnesota Vikings because of Everson Griffin. That feels to me ghoulish. Yeah. It feels to me wrong. I want the Minnesota Vikings to be able to replace Everson while they still pay him to go get his help. Um, those are my thoughts on that for now. I'd be happy to get into it more later. I've got a ton of thoughts on it, but I'm not sure this is quite the right time since we're in the middle of the season here. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, and we're not dealing with all the facts. So I personally like to have as much data as I possibly can before I make a very strong opinion on something, and I don't think I'm ever going to get that with this uh, Calvin Ridley situation. So uh, I think the best advice here would be you hope that everything that's going on in his world right now um, gets figured out and is put in the pos a positive direction um, and uh, he gets back on the field and then is healthy and happy with for the rest of his life. Um, Leroy Williams coming in saying uh, run the rock until their legs fall off bubble screens to Judy and Sutton and Patrick stretch the field with Judy when it's there. Um, I actually have been just was just looking at some data and I think there's a pretty interesting dichotomy here. So we talk about the Broncos being so bad on third down, mainly because of how bad they are on first and second down. Where do you think the Broncos are? So I have DVOA here in front of me, um, which if you guys don't know, uh, DVOA is a, uh, it's designated value over average oh average. Yep. That's the word. Um, so they use weighted, uh, weighted stats here against the performances you've, uh, the teams you've played, et cetera, et cetera, to give you an overall score. Um, the Broncos run pass splits on offense on first and second down. Uh, where do you think their offense ranks as far as first down run? It's got, it's low. It's gotta be, it's, it's gotta be 30. They are tw uh, 28th in the NFL mm -hmm. in a third uh, first down run. Where do you think they are in first down pass? 29 ninth. Ninth. ninth in the ninth in the NFL on first down pass. So, uh, I mean, a lot of this is, this is the data, but there is sometimes some, so uh, a lot of it is, is pass run pass instead of run, run pass, because that's what it's been. It's run second and 10 run third and nine pass punt. Yep. It's third. You know, it's, it's not that the Denver Broncos are 11% or whatever it was on third down conversions because it's that the Denver Broncos average on third down was nine. The league yeah. average on converting third and nines is about where the Denver Broncos are converting. That's normal. Yeah. The trick is stay out of third and nine yeah. all game. How do you do that? I know. <laughs> I know it's, it's really, it sound, I know it's, it's really simple, but how do you do that? You have more success on first and second down. Yeah. But it's pretty interesting here to see just such a stark, uh, split for the Broncos on first down ninth in the NFL on pass DVOA on first down 28th in the NFL and rush DVOA on first down. Um, and some of that also is a uh, circumstances of the Broncos offensive line. Um, I, and I feel like some people will be like, Oh, Nick, you're making excuses for Teddy Bridgewater that you were not making for drew lock. I think it's more so we know that Teddy Bridgewater is limited. So um, I've already made it made my bed with that. So what do what do we need to succeed with a limited quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater? You need your pass protectors to be good to give him a chance. And the Broncos, these last three games have been playing, or I guess technically 10 quarters have been playing at, at least two backup tackles, right? They've been playing backup tackles and you should have them back this week. But when you're playing Cameron Fleming and Calvin Anderson and your interior offensive line is also playing guys who are better as run protectors than pass protectors, um, you're going to probably lean away from the pass game from the slower developing pass plays because your chances of a really negative play happening go up exponentially, whether that be an interception off of pressure or a 
fumble or Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt. So uh, I think that's one thing in this game where having Bobby Massey and Garrett Bulls back uh, on track right now for that should help the pass game a bit. And if the Chiefs want to stack the box, you should feel much more comfortable on the tackle positions with uh, the pass game. I'm very, I'm very much concerned about Chris Jones on the interior. I do not trust Natane Moody versus Chris Jones for the life of me. Chris Jones has like extra, like extra, he's holding like extra arms compared to what Natane Moody has as far as length. Like it's insane. Natane Moody's nub arms, Um, but he's going to need some help. You know, he's going to need some help. Robert can come in, you know, run, run a little extra. He's, he's going to help as a blocker. Uh, If he's going to the inside, then Cushenberry's got to team up with him. He's, you're going to need two guys on him. Uh, who do you trust in pass protection? You know, who's your running back? Even if you chip and, and chip and flare, uh, yeah. you know, to, to try and screen him, that's a little harder on an interior guy like that. But um, yeah, he's a, uh, he, he's a problem for sure. And uh, Chris appreciate the stars. Um, I still have, I know I still have your, uh, your paper. I will get it to you. I promise it's in good shape. I've got a, a Kobe Bryant SI cover magazine commemorative issue. So I'm more likely to like fly out and hand it to you than I am to get to the post office. So we'll we'll get it figured out. I'll have to get it get it set with my wife. She's so much better about that stuff than me. <laughs> that's true for many things that in this household. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why I'm married, right? I, I know better. Um, but yeah, no, we got DBAs in the house. Thank you for the stars, Chris. Uh, DBA morning, y'all. Hope everyone is well. Hope you're doing well as well. Um, we also see uh, somebody else that came in. Tony, I'm late. That's okay, Tony. We appreciate you. Um, no, nah, we'll give him a, we'll give him a pass. As long as the Broncos don't show up late on uh, Sunday, we'll, we'll allow Tony to be late today. No, and I do read through our comments on YouTube. So, um, after, after the fact, I go in and check the, uh, the post stream. So if you have anything you follow, want to follow up that I, I might not have gotten to while we're on here, it's a lot easier for me to write, type out a response after the fact. So I do check it out. Yeah, hopefully there's not too much. Uh, man, that Nick guy, he wears a lot of Iowa shit. <laughs> Excuse me, pardon the language, <laughs> but it's a, that kind of thing. Sometimes the post comments are, it's kind of like Twitter where somebody can hide behind an icon and they're a little bit uh, not very nice. But I feel but like the it is a little bit also that if you go and show you're an actual human being, people are like, oh yeah, sorry. I, you know, I had one of those, um, you know, I, I was watching Auburn and, uh, and Alabama and Auburn blew a 28-3 lead. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? To uh, Mississippi State. They're up like 14 to nothing on South Carolina. And then they're up 10, nothing on Alabama. Last three games, lost all three of them. You know, I posted, I said, the Falcons think that Auburn's bad at holding a lead. And then this guy was like, are you, you must be dumb or trolling. It was 10 zero. I'm like, oh, they lost, they've lost three in a row, including 28, three. That feels awfully familiar to me. And then he, then he backed off, you know, so the YouTube comments can be okay. Once you kill him with niceness. Kill him with kindness. That's why I'm one of my closing lines recently has been choose kindness because uh, I think that's sometimes important. And if they're not worth uh, responding to, you block them. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. And again, this is just more of a shout out of how amazing the chat has been, especially now that we are starting to veer away from the constant quarterback diatribe that had been plaguing us for a bit. Um, so, Scott, this is probably our last chance here for a bit to talk uh, Kansas City versus Denver before the real thing happens. Obviously, we've been doing that. Haven't talked as much um, your keys of the game. So obviously it's the general stuff, but what, what do you make of this game as far as the Broncos having a chance to win? What has to happen for that game? And nothing like, you know, Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. You know, like let's what, what could realistically happen in this game that gives Denver a chance? Can you replicate at least to a certain extent? I don't expect to see the same thing I did against the Chargers, but can you replicate pressure with your front four? 
mm-hmm. um, and build a cloud around Mahomes and all those underneath routes. Because if I can drop seven in coverage um, and and still get pressure with my front four, I'm going to be pretty good. Um, yeah. Let them, again, second in offense, but only ninth in scoring offense. That's kind of what a Fangio defense doesn't mind you getting five or six yards. They're going to make sure that you try and can you put together 10 plays without screwing up? A holding penalty, a turnover, anything like that. So um, pressure with the front four, tackle, you know, again, this sounds so simple, but it is. Limit the yards after the catch. So, you know, if you're going to give up your yards, you got to stop them right there. You got you to gotta, you gotta tackle right away. On offense, run the ball. Run the ball. You don't run it successfully the first time, stick with it. Run the ball. Again, 25 passes from Bridgewater, 45 touches between the two running backs. And uh, again, limit the turnovers, and I think you got a chance. Yeah, and I'm looking at some data here right now. You said uh, definitely push the uh, the over on this game or not the under. Um, and I don't know if you actually said that word. No, forward, I didn't but... pick one of those. I said that okay. I, I don't the, – the over-under is 50, 50 or 57. Okay. Well, I'm going to say right now, guys, um, I think you should pick the under because looking at this data right now, uh, time of possession per drive. So what is the average time that each team holds possesses the football? This is a game where each team could have only 47. Not, it's 47. 47. I'm going to say pick the under. Um, I think this is a game. Uh, right now, just the data driven here. Um, Chiefs, because they are a quick, quick strike offense, a lot of times they can have more possessions. But the average time of possession per drive, Kansas City is number two in the NFL right now at three minutes uh, and 10 seconds where the Denver Broncos are number four in the NFL at three minutes and seven seconds. So this is a game where both these teams are going to possess the football and it's going to be over before you know it. So that's really important. The other thing, and when you have a low possession game, like the Broncos and Chiefs are probably going to have in this one, given that data, um, you need to score seven when you're in the red zone. You need to give up three when the other team gets in the red zone because these teams are going to move the football. Um, That's just, that's the reality of it. So if you can get points, four extra points when you're in the red zone and convert down there because you're not going to be down there probably very often given the possessions um, and keep Kansas City from scoring when they're down there, that can flip the game like that. You know, you are six possessions or three possessions a piece in and you are up 14 to six. Boom, you're off running uh, with the, how you want to play that game. So uh, I would take the under on this one. I think it's going to be not a lot of possessions for each uh, each team. And uh, you got to maximize in the red zone. And that's something the Broncos have not done. They're one of the worst red zone offenses in football this season. I'm going to go uh, 24-20 Chiefs, okay. which would give the under and they they don't cover. Um, I think I feel like if, if I look back at the Broncos schedule, I feel like the only one I've picked right lately is uh, is the Eagles game. I missed the Chargers. I missed the Cowboys. I picked to beat Denver or to beat Washington. Um, the Browns, I think I'm pretty sure I called the Browns a loss. Um, not 100% sure on that. Picked a win against the Steelers. Picked a win against the Raiders. So it's been a while. Uh, I'm about 500 over the, I'm about 500, like the, the, uh, the Broncos over the last four, but I like, there's a reason the chiefs are 10 point favorites. They're playing really good ball. They're at home. They're coming off a bye week. All of those things are in Kansas city's favor. What's in Denver's favor is what we talked about at the top of the show is no one's expecting you to win. The yeah. pressure is it's on. It's always on. This is the NFL, but this isn't a, a jump off the cliff game. If you lose it. So, I am, uh, I'm going 24, 20 chiefs. Yeah. 
I that's a that's a good get. Um, I'll probably have something similar, but I will probably wait until Friday to send that to Chad because I need to see if uh, Dalton Reisner is playing. Um, I want to see what's going on with the injury report today. I know that we have not been as enthused with Reisner's play this season, um, especially in the run game, mostly in the, except when he does pulls. I think he's a little bit better when you can do a little bit of traps and pulls uh, in those kind of games. But Dalton Reisner is one of the probably top 20 pass blocking guards in football right now. And uh, Natane Moody, um, while he's really good in the run game, gets 20 abs- out of 32. Oh, 20 out of 64. That sounds better. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Um, talking left and right guard. Uh, so he's above average as a pass blocker. Maybe not the best at getting movement at the point of attack, but he was drafted to be more of a outside zone guard anyway. But uh, Natane Moody and Quinn Miners, with how good they are in the run game, they are probably equally high variance and volatile in the pass protection game. And I think that if you have Chris Jones uh, line up, you know, 20, 25 pass snaps versus uh, Natane Moody, you're in a world of hurt. I, I don't trust Moody's pass protection for anything because he hasn't shown any reason why you would trust that. So uh, I would be willing to give up a little bit in the run game, even though that's your own identity, um, putting in Reisner, because even let's say a run game, you're getting, you know, three yards, a couple ones where Reisner's not holding the block as much. That's not going to kill you where a, a 10 yard sack or a strip sack is going to absolutely kill you. That's why some teams tend to yeah. lean. Oh, he's not as good of a run blocker, but he's not going to kill us in pass protection. Yeah. The negative that, plays, the negative plays will absolutely kill you. And if you've got yeah. Muti in there, the way to avoid the negative plays is four yards of rush, you know, third and two yeah. and get the guys on their heels a little bit and you get them thinking, and they're not just firing off with their, with their ears pinned back, or mm-hmm. you can run it right at them again, you know, slip screens or, you know, just Olay them, let them go by and run right in the hole they vacate if they're gonna if they're gonna be one dimensional on defense. We talk about one dimensional on offense all the time, but if you've got a, a one dimensional defense, they're not so hard to beat either. And it, again, the key to this Broncos team is success on first and second down. Uh, don't talk to me about third down conversions when you're third and nine. The, the third down conversions isn't the problem. Third and nine is the problem. First and second down is a problem. So take care of first and second down, and third down will take care of itself. Yeah, that's yeah. You're absolutely right. And the other one is the the red zone. Obviously, the Broncos. Here's some other things. You know, people get upset about uh, Bridgewater and the Broncos uh, passing the ball in the red zone. And part of it is limitations in Bridgewater's arm talent to fit uh, it in holes that are obviously much more compressed in the red zone because you have the the back of the end zone as an extra defender there. But the Broncos DVOA pat for pass offense in the red zone is 12th in the NFL. Their rush DVOA is a uh, 27th. Now that a lot of that is probably schematic saying teams are like, we know you want to run the ball. So we're going to take away the run. And as such, the data follows. Um, but the Broncos have to uh, execute in the red zone. Obviously first and second down being uh, consistent there, getting ahead of the sticks and converting in red zone. I think those are the big ones here. Um, and I think the Broncos have a good chance too to win the turnover battle in this one. What I will say, I and we need this, the Broncos this year, they've been really good at interceptions. They are not punching the ball out. And with how much Kansas City likes to try to get yak after the catch, we need to see some, not the first guy, because I think it's more important for the first guy to make a sound tackle. But when you gang tackle, those next guys coming in there, fist to the football. You yeah, need to one punch guy hold one of those up. guys out. Yes. One guy hold them up. Everybody else go for the ball. Yep, exactly. And we just have not seen that this year from the Broncos defense. They are not uh, turning over the ball um, with fumbles. I think they're... 28th in the NFL and fumbles forced this season. So um, you got to get every single point you can. Um, that's really important. Uh, DWI guys coming in here saying, sorry, Nick, I'm a big Michigan fan. So I'll be rooting for them to win, but we can both root for our Broncos on Sunday night. Um, I'm just happy to be here with the Hawkeyes being in the big 10 championship, right? Uh, finishing uh, 10 and two on the season's a great year. And then 
Wisconsin losing to Minnesota on a game that they probably shouldn't have. Uh, just happy to be here. I will say that you can talk about pressure for the Broncos versus the Chiefs. All the pressure is on Michigan, and I have much more confidence that Iowa will uh, make it a close game and potentially beat Michigan than I do Denver um, because I think M- Michigan maybe will have a little bit of a catharsis coming off of that big, huge win, the big bad brother beating Ohio State. And uh, Iowa has nothing to lose, right? They, they are just happy to be there. They can play loose. I think Michigan's going to be a little bit more tight. Now, that said, Michigan at the point of attack with the edge rushers and how bad Iowa's tackles are, how statuesque the quarterback is, if they're, it's the same as the Broncos. If it's third and long and Iowa's behind, good luck. Uh, Ojabo and Hutchinson is going to kill the Iowa pass game. But um, I think this one's a lot more high variance. In both these games, 10-point spreads. Who'd have thought, man? I'm uh, I'm really much a a dog this weekend. I, I, I don't ever apologize for who you're rooting for. Uh, yeah. if, if you didn't have an opposition, who would you play against? I mean, yeah. I never got the idea of, you know, when the other team takes the field, you boo them. I'm, I'm like, thank you for being here. You know, we, we need somebody to play. We want to kick your yeah. butts, but we're glad you're here. Um, you know, you apologize after being an a-hole. That that's when you apologize. Yeah. <laughs> after that type of thing. Uh Max coming in, uh, more across the pond power. Uh afternoon, guys. Is it true that Fangio is safe if he wins versus Kansas City? No, no, that is not true. What is true, however, though, is if you can win in Kansas City, you can win out. Yeah. This is the toughest game left on the schedule. By far. Easily. Yeah. So if you can win this one, you can win out. Uh, or even uh, a four and two, you go four and two and finish 10 and seven. I think he's coming back. So while not directly, if you win this one, you should, you got a chance at 10 and seven at worst. He's coming back. Yeah. 11 and six is a pretty good chance. He's coming back. Yeah. So, and Shermer, both of them. <laughs> but if you, if you, if you win this one and then, you know, think you just won the Super Bowl and then drop the next five, it doesn't matter. So, um, but what it means is you can, you can win out. you you can make a good run. And if you yeah. make a good run, why would you get rid of them? That, that doesn't make any sense. That's illogical feelings aside. That's illogical. Yep. And a point here I want to make before we get on out of here, this game this week, if the Broncos lose that, you know, the, the season's not over. Um, but the, I would say this is the last true hostile road game the Broncos have this season, which is pretty incredible. Now the Broncos still have three more road games on the season. Um, but looking at the schedule right now, um, you have uh, Kansas, all, all of them, uh, AFC West rivals, but Kansas city on the road, the Raiders on the road and the chargers on the road. Um, have, has anybody seen a first off, has anybody ever seen a charger fan in real life at all? And B anytime anybody goes to that uh, Sophie, Sophie stadium in Los Angeles, it's 60, 40, 70, 30, of opposition fans to charger fans. Um, and maybe that'll change the longer the chargers are there. Although with Lincoln Riley and USC, I'm curious to see if uh, maybe those NFL fans are, are those NFL teams are like, well, bleep. The LA is such a transient city. There's, yeah. you know, 8 million people in LA. There's half a million fans of other teams Yep. in, in for each team, especially yep. in the West yep. um, that they're always going to, trust me. I know this. This is how I grew up with a bad team in Atlanta and all the Yankees moving down here and, and coming and, and rooting for their teams. Yeah. Um, not that I hold any grudges against that. It didn't bother me at all. Um, but that that's not going to change in L.A. Uh, yeah. You know, unless it's not going to change. The Chargers yeah. aren't an L.A. team. Um, and the you, Rams are close. USC. The Lakers are a true L.A. team. And the Dodgers yeah. are a true L.A. team. That's it. Maybe the Kings. But I would say the Trojans. Not the Chargers. Trojans as well. Everybody, I've talked to a few people in LA, and it, the the football community in LA is a buzz 
about Lincoln Riley coming there. That's that's the football team of South South California. It's not the NFL team. It's not an NFL uh, place, but the Trojans, they love them. And with Lincoln Riley there, they are over the moon and they should be. Um, that's going to be great. Uh, the other one that is uh, the La Broncos other road game is the Raiders. Now, obviously in Oakland, nobody was going to that stadium to travel uh, versus Oakland. Uh, because, you know, you didn't want to give any uh, altercations. It was known to be a little bit of a rough scene there um, at the Coliseum sometimes. I went I went to a Falcons game in Oakland. Okay. Maybe I, not an I, AFC I've West I've kind of found that, you know, I've been to games in Watts, Compton, Oakland. Yeah. Um, I found, for the most part, if you look for trouble, you'll find it. Yep. That's you true know? about a lot of things. And if you... <laughs> You know, I wore a Chipper Jones jersey to a Dodgers game in the outfield, which is like where all the gang members sit, you know, and they're 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 razzing on me. I just wave and smile, you know, and it's it's okay. So I've I've been to the black hole. Yeah. Um, but you know, Las Vegas isn't gonna be Oakland, that's for sure. I know that the 49ers versus Oakland preseason games always ended with at least a couple people in the hospital. Um, but uh, you know, that's again people looking for trouble. Um, and also a lot of times um some uh inebriated to some extent. Maybe that's gotten a little bit better since they legalized some other stuff. Maybe people are a little bit more calm and there's a smell of skunk in the stadium. Uh, maybe that was true regardless. Uh, but uh, the other one is the chart or the Raiders game in Oakland. Yeah, that was a tough place to play. No doubt. Even though it was Tarp Nation, um, it was those fans were hostile. But I think that this uh, Las Vegas stadium, it's very much like Dallas where it is a corporate environment and fans are traveling in there to go to that game. So, the, and the ones that I've seen with the Raiders, like the Kansas City game in Oakland, there were more Kansas City fans there than uh, Raiders. It's a fans. destination. Yes, it's hey, we just we just got our schedule. We're going to be playing in Las Vegas. Let's go yep. see our team. It's a destination. Yep, exactly. So uh, this is the Broncos. I would say their last true road test. Then they have two home games and two uh, away from home <laughs> games. Not really road games. Um, so. If the Broncos can win this one, everything is in front of them. They have a, I would say they are a favorite to make the playoffs. It would be an upset at that point if they didn't make it to the playoffs with uh, being, what would it be, 7-5 with uh, five games to go. If they lose, though, it's not the end of the world. They still would have five games. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully it's a uh, hopefully it's a good game. Um, I don't want, I don't, obviously I want them to win. But if they lose, I'll be okay. If they get absolutely whipped on primetime, I'm going to be very upset. And yeah. it's going to be, that'll be, it's how they lose. <laughs> if you lose this one, it, it narrows your window. Cause I think you're going to have to go four and one after yeah. that, yep. you know, to hit 10 and seven and make the playoffs. I don't think nine and eight is probably going to do it. So Not if you lose this one, you're going to have to go four and one. Can you versus lions, Bengals at Raiders at chargers? You can, you can, but the chiefs in this one, it means you can, you can win out. Yep. Um, that's, that's the difference. Um, and if, yeah. if you 10 and seven is going to, going to keep fans, Joe in a job. Yep. I totally agree with you there. Um, it's going to be, it'll be a tough one to win this one. Um, and maybe the Broncos can sneak in at nine and eight, but the issue is the games that they've won have been NFC games. A lot of them besides the Eagles and the first tiebreaker for playoffs is your conference record. And the Broncos have lost three games versus the AFC North out of four and right now they are one and one versus the AFC West. They have beaten, luckily, the and Cincinnati's uh, playing some good ball right now. Yeah. Yep. Luckily, they have That's a beaten, lot of orange, Denver yeah. and Cincinnati and Denver. That's a lot yes, of orange. Dude, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Must see TV. Jamar Chase versus Patrick Sertan. What a kind of that guy. I haven't been that excited for a quarterback or a, a cornerback versus wide receiver matchup since uh, 
Champ Bailey versus Terrell Owens back in like 2008 or whatever that was or 2010. So uh, appreciate you guys. We got to get on out of here. Um, obviously, you guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Podcast and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you guys are joining us on Facebook or you have a Facebook at all, I know a lot of people are ditching that. But if you're out there, make sure you're joining us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you guys are on iTunes, make sure you are listening after the fact on iTunes. Please give us a rating, leave a five star and say, hey, I love the morning show. It's my favorite with coffee. I listen to it on the way to work or I listen to my Broncos for breakfast. I like br- uh, breakfast for dinner. I listen to it at night. Just let us know. Go ahead. One second on this one, because JCBYO, if you are listening, you got pulled last night for the uh, for the Apple Five Star podcast drawing, hmm. and you mentioned us too, which makes me think that you're uh, a breakfast, you know, Broncos right. for breakfast guy. So if if you are, thank you, and if you didn't see that you won something, make sure you hit us up. Uh, at, if you didn't see it last night, hit us up at uh, milehighhuddle at gmail because uh, you won the Apple podcast drawing last night. So appreciate you, man. I absolutely love that. And we've been getting some reviews here pretty recently, man. This is awesome. Uh, love you guys for that. Maybe we'll have to read some of these at some point. Yeah. I see, uh, Nick and Scott sent me and all I got was this, uh, this podcast rating. That was (laughs) the winner. That was the winner. Keep up the quality conversations that y'all have on every pod. Thankful to have this awesome community. We're thankful to have you. Um, Thank you guys so much. Also, make sure you're following us on YouTube by subscribing, liking, and sharing, and doing the same for Scott's channel uh, over at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Man, I'm so hyped to see see Scott and Nick in there in the iTunes uh, reviews because it's dominated by Chad and Zach. And I don't want to make this all about me, but uh, come on, guys. No, um, (laughs) it's inverse. It's it's super hard. we appreciate the heck out of you guys. Thank you for everybody who joined us today and contributed to the chat. It's going to be a great game Sunday night. Uh, hopefully Scott and I will be joining you guys with a good vibes Monday morning for the next Broncos for breakfast, but we'll see either way. We're going to be here to break it down and hang out with you guys and work through it together. Everyone stay safe. Have a great weekend. I will see you Saturday night and uh, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. 